Clayton. John Clayton. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football as we do every day at this time with John Clayton. If you guys have questions for the professor, you can text them in right now to 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. In fact, if you've got questions, today is the day to do it because we've got an abbreviated show tomorrow uh, because of Cougar football. The pregame show starts at uh, 4 o'clock, so we won't be talking to John tomorrow. So this is your last opportunity for the week to get your questions in. So there you go. little urgency on the situation, right, John? Absolutely. No question about it. How are you? Good. How are you? We're good. Just, uh, you know, just talking the Seahawks game, looking at what they may be facing with this Cardinals team. And it, it just, you know, Dave and I were talking about, I sent them a power ranking uh, thing that I saw. I think it was from USA Today. And it's just, it's we're, we're just in uncharted territory in terms of what this team is under Pete. Seeing them mentioned at the bottom of the power ranking, they were in the neighborhood of you know Miami and oh. and uh, Chicago and Detroit. They're the, you know I think they were like twenty fifth or something. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. It's just we're in such a weird area with this team, John. I'm just not used to seeing them at the bottom of the NFC West rankings, uh, standings, the you know, power rankings, all of it. It's just it's weird, and I don't know if it's too late yet to get out of that spot. Well, I mean, it, uh, you know, they got the. Uh, either the, depending on what numbers you look at, the fifth easiest closing schedule in the National Football League. All right, that's good. And, uh, you know, particularly with the four games against bad teams, you know, those teams right now that uh, are ranked right near Seattle. So you, you win those four games, you know, with you know Chicago, Detroit, uh, Houston, and uh, Washington. And what you're looking at, that's seven wins. And if you can find a way to go two and two in the division, that's why this game against Arizona is so important because it's going to be tougher to go to Arizona and win. And it may be tough to win this one. But uh, we still don't know about Kyler Murray, if he's going to be able to play yet. That's still a big question mark. And we know that DeAndre Hopkins probably is not going to be able to play. So it comes down to you go two and two in the division, that gets you to nine wins. And nine wins could get you one of the last two uh, wild card spots. Yeah, it, John, this is an interesting question I thought from 253. Uh, they asked, what do you think has had a bigger like negative impact on the offense? Is it Carson's absence or Russell Wilson getting hurt? Russell Wilson getting hurt. I mean, you take away a Hall of Fame-type uh, quarterback, an elite quarterback, and you're going to take him out for three games or so, and you're not going to be the same, and he comes back. And, of course, uh, you know you could tell he wasn't 100% in throwing the football. He was a little less accurate than he normally is. I mean, you know, anytime you take away a quarterback, because then what happens is you, know, you can still manage a running game, even though you know they didn't manage one last week. But, uh, no, I, I mean, like Chris Carson certainly does – hurt now again like having a chris carson for a game like this against arizona is so important because say what you want about the cardinals to beat the cardinals you need to run the football and their defense is better than anybody thought but the teams that have run the ball against the cardinals have been able to win that's why you can't repeat what they did last week and only have 11 running carries to running backs yeah you know it's kind of ironic because for carson the recipe for him and the two seasons that he's played the most football, 2018 through 2019, he played 14 games in 2018 and 15 games in 2019. He averaged 18 
uh, uh, carries per game, mm-hmm. and and then eighteen and a half carries per game, and that got you a thousand yards. So it's weird when you feed him the ball, he gets a thousand yards. And you know we're always talking about well, you got to rest him and this and that, but those were both years where he only missed three games, and so you know I thought. Up to this point, now I'm like, okay, yes, he does get hurt a lot. But up to this point, he really wasn't getting hurt that much, especially, you know, compared to, look, running backs get hurt. I mean, you have to yeah. kind of adjust your expectations, don't you, around the NFL? You do. I mean, <clears throat> look at even <coughs> Alvin Kamara, who I know we're both big fans of, and I know Bob is too, that uh, he's one of the best backs in the league. <clears throat> but he didn't practice again today. He missed the game last week. And so, you know, and I still go back to last year is that uh, of the 32 starting running backs, the only one that was able to play 16 games was uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah. And look what happened to him this year. Well, and then uh, I guess Chase uh, Chase Edmonds is out, eh? Yeah, he's on injured reserve. Injured yeah. reserve now. So do, do they expect him back, or is he out for the long haul? I think no, it's last... a, I think it's a it's a high ankle sprain. So uh, you know, he'll probably be back in you know three four weeks. He's one of those mighty mites I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rondell Moore and um, Kyler Murray. They mm-hmm. all are five eight, five nine. They all have those big helmets that are too big they look like little uh you know little uh mighty mites running around out there but yeah i mean that guy has he's he's entirely i mean up until the point that he got injured he has pretty much turned his career around this guy's been a different uh, it's had a different kind of year this year than he has in years past yeah no doubt about it uh and you know that's the thing is like they they've had such great success with the cardinals and uh you know a lot of things a lot of the things because you know i'm, I'm still surprised that uh you know they didn't bring back Kenyon drake uh he ended up you know going for 5.5 million a year to the uh, las vegas raiders but uh chase has done such a good job running the football and so but uh you know it's, it's so important to manage the running game because again if if you don't do that then things start to catch up to you john what do you see with with rashad penny this week i mean obviously carson is not, they haven't officially said it, but we're not anticipating yeah. he'll be there. So you figure Alex Collins, who's dealing with, uh, I think he's got a bad groin, uh, so he's not 100% potentially. Do you think they, they jump over Penny and Dallas and Homer get carries, or do you think Penny gets an opportunity? It's, I mean, they're going to need some contribution from him at some point, aren't they? Well, but, you know, I mean, Alex Collins has had this uh, groin injury and has been on the injured list for three, two, three weeks. <clears throat> has it affected him? No. And so he'll still be the starter, and there's no way. I mean, unless they're stupid, there's no way that they, uh, you know, take Rashad Penny and put him over Alex Collins. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that by any yeah. stretch. But do you think, in order to maybe give, maybe maybe they don't feel like Collins can carry the ball 20 times or yeah. 25 times. So maybe they they if they commit to the running game and say, hey, we want mm-hmm. I don't know 30 30 rushing attempts in this game that some of those are going to go to Penny above the other two guys, or how do you see that pecking order? Yeah, I mean, I, can, I mean, if they're going to go 30 carries, and I can see you know, him getting maybe uh, 10 of them, I mean, I think that that would be worthwhile. You know, and then you, know, you may go, because again, I think you know, the, the, the days of the 20 carry back uh, just aren't there hardly anymore. Sure, I know that uh, you can see that uh, Derrick Henry was a 20-plus carry a guy, uh, but uh, you know, 
you you need to you know not overdo it if you're going to be a running back because if you do then you're going to get yourself injured so it's like uh you know 16 18 carries i think is a pretty good model to try to work with and then of course you still have travis homer you still have dj dallas i mean they can be mixed in for some carries and all that stuff but uh you know to beat to beat the cardinals uh because it's interesting because a couple weeks ago uh the 49ers had only like about 11 rushing attempts against the Cardinals, and they just got blown out. Where you saw last week, you know, Carolina Panthers uh, with Christian McCaffrey and that, they were able to run the football, and they destroyed the Arizona Cardinals. So it's like, uh, you know, running the football is vital. That's why they cannot repeat what they did last week, you know, getting against Green Bay, getting only 11 carries. Hey, John, Carlos Dunlap, we spoke to him, and, uh, you know, as far as his reps and the more – Bob and I started thinking about it and talking about it. It just, it's not working out for him. He's only got a half a sack in what nine games that he's mm-hmm. he's played in all of them, and just kind of you know kind of interesting. You see him dropping back into coverage, and then you know his reps are down. And isn't that the reason why he wanted out of Cincinnati? I thought that was uh, like he he put his condo on the market, put that on Twitter, made sure everybody knew that like he wanted to get out of there because they were starting to cut his reps back. I mean, typically. That'd be okay for a 12-year player, but sounds like it's not working out for him. And I don't know. I, I, I'm not trying to read into anything that he said, but, you know, Bob pointed out it, it sounded like, you know, maybe maybe he's not happy. He didn't sound very pleased. Wasn't pleased. Yeah, That's yeah I can understand that. But, you know, I think more than anything else, I mean, sure, they cut down his reps in Cincinnati, but the big thing is he, he realized Cincinnati was going to stink and he wanted to get out of that team. And, uh, you know, he's tired of all the losing losing years and bad play and all that stuff. So I think it was just one of those things where he just tired of being a Cincinnati Bengal. And then, uh, you know, with the reps going down because he was getting older and all that stuff, you know, that didn't work out. But, again, uh, the years of losing, you know, definitely, I think, played on his mind there. John, I think the thing we were hoping for in terms of penalties being called and maybe, the, the you know, the officials would start to mellow out when it came to the taunting penalties – I don't know if you saw this today, but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen because the NFL sent a memo to the clubs this week reaffirming its crackdown on taunting and insisting it will continue until players change their behavior. Mm-hmm. And they, Told you. I told you. Did you? I thought you were saying you thought they'd mellow out. No, I no, never said that. You thought they'd stick? Okay. Well, the one thing, I think what you said, John, is you don't like it. At first you were okay with it. Now, No, you- I, was never, I was never okay with it. I was bad from the very beginning. I didn't like the taunting rule. I thought it was a bad idea. Uh, I was against it from the very beginning. And now seeing it go over and over again, I'm uh, against it even more. And but I also know that you know Walt Anderson, he's he's running as a supervisor of officials, uh, a different type of department that has been run, and they're not going to listen to the criticism. If anything, they're going to escalate, and so it's like, uh, and you can see that that's the case. And uh, you know, this isn't a league decision. This is a Walt Anderson decision, being the supervisor of officials. Overall, there have been thirty-five taunting flags this season. That's tied for the most through ten weeks since at least two thousand according to ESPN Stats and Info Research. Mm-hmm. Just because of the emphasis. Right. Who, who's the guy that hip-checked uh, Cassius Marsh? Was that Corinthi? Tony Corinthi. Yeah, so what happens you know, on one like that, John, where he's wrong? I mean, how are these? Uh, how does the NFL, is there like an officiating committee, and do they review things, and do will those guys get reprimanded if they do something like Corinthi did? No. Sheesh. I mean, they're just unchecked. No, I mean, again, if if you do something wrong, because they review everything, 
But again, it's like uh, the hip check is not, it's not, I don't think it's a big issue. I mean, you know, a hip check by Tony Corrente is not going to injure Cassius Marsh. That's not the point, though, yeah. John. That's uh, not, he's instigating. He's, he's drawing that. Nobody was worried about him getting hurt or Marsh getting hurt. Nobody was going to get hurt with that. It was, that was a punk move. It's let me instigate. He hadn't even thrown the flag until that point. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, nothing's going to happen to Tony Corrente with the hip check. I mean, that's just as simple as that. It's like, uh, and I don't, I don't necessarily think there should be. But again, I think the taunting penalty stuff is just awful. And, uh, you know, now they're doubling down and, you know, almost it's almost as if they want to call more taunting penalties. Here's what here's the quote, John, if you haven't read this yet. It says, quote, avoid any actions where you approach an opponent or his bench and gesture, posture or otherwise demonstrate any verbal or physical form of disrespect. Turn away. Take the opportunity to celebrate with your teammates and don't put officials in the position of having to make a judgment about whether or not your actions rise to the level of a foul. Remove all doubt and don't put yourself or your team at the risk of penalty. Mm-hmm. So they're saying turn away, which is what Marsh did. He was jogging back to his sidelines. Then the flag was thrown. Yeah, yeah. No, but again, it's like uh, uh, I guess they, he, at one point he did look over at the uh, at the bench. So what took so long to throw that flag from Corrente? He, he wanted to hip check him first, then I'll throw it? No, no. I mean, again, the hip check I don't think is a big deal. I honestly don't. He's... He, He's an he's an agitator. He's an instigator in that setting. Tony Corrente's a good official. I mean, not in that moment he wasn't. Uh, okay, I disagree. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not really sure how you defend that, John. I don't. Do you think he was just having fun? You think he's no. being a good time, Charlie? No. I mean, you, you, having contact with a player is not a you know not not something that uh, officials want to do. But again, it's like uh, you know he he watched a big celebration and he watched him you know look over at the Steeler bench and all those different things. And so it's like. Uh, you know, but the hip check, I think, is a, is a minor issue. I'm not as big on the hip check. All right. Okay, well, uh, what do you think about tonight, John? you got six and four Patriots. I mean, there's always a chance with them. And the four and five Falcons, obviously the Seahawks need them to lose. What do you think about the game tonight? Blowout. A blowout? Yeah. I mean, the Falcons aren't that good. And they're particularly not that good on defense. Yeah. And so it's like uh, if you look at the success they've had, a lot of that success is against easier teams. Now, again, they're one of the easier teams. And so it's like uh, you know their record's inflated based on schedule more so than I think anything else. Sure, Matt Ryan is a great quarterback. Uh, you know, he doesn't have his best receiver in Ridley. I mean, because he's got some uh, personal issues that he's dealing with. Uh, you know, Mike Davis is the running back. Uh, their offensive line is overrated and not that good, and their defense isn't all that good. And here comes the Patriots right now. They're starting to click on most cylinders. Yeah. You know, they've got you know two twelve and a half million dollar tight ends. They've got a good offensive line. Their running game's good, and their defense continues to do well. So it's like uh, to me, this is a pretty one sided type of game. And all of a sudden, now with, with a win, the Patriots can move into first place in the AFC East. Yeah, and to your point, the wins for Atlanta. The Giants, the Jets, the Dolphins, and eh, the Saints. I mean, that's that's a decent team. But, yeah, they've, they've not really beat anybody. No. And, again, it's like you, and you can see that the Saints are declining, you know, particularly, you know, with uh, the receiver position. You, know, you can see, you know, with Kamara. I mean, again, he didn't practice today, so here's a good chance he may be out. So, yeah, things are uh, starting to spiral down right now for the New Orleans Saints. John, what do you make of this story with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and more specifically Antonio Brown being accused of obtaining a fake COVID-19 vaccination card? This comes from a chef 
uh, personal chef that was working with him that, according to him, says he provided text messages that Brown's girlfriend was trying to get the chef to obtain a fake vaccination card that said Brown received a Johnson & Johnson shot. She's saying, I don't know this guy. I don't know what he's talking about. He said he's, he's provided text messages. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks, for their part, are saying, hey, we, we didn't see any irregularities with any of the cards. So. And Antonio Brown said that they're in some kind of dispute. The, yeah, the, the guy says. Yeah, he's got. They, they owes him ten thousand. Ten thousand dollars, right? Yeah. yeah, Ruiz said he went public with the accusation after Brown failed to pay ten thousand dollars owed to him. According to this, so mm-hmm. he said he was going to keep it quiet. Antonio Brown said he's not going to pay him, so he he made it public. Yeah, so you kind of wonder how valid the claim is. Now, again, it's like the uh, the and, and what they're saying is that uh, Antonio Brown is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And so if that's going to be the case, I mean, he was it a valid one or not a valid one? I mean, I have it's like it's hard to tell. And the league's going to investigate. There's no question about it. But uh, to me, it's real simple. I mean, you look at the card to see if it's a fake. You check, check out what doctor he went to or what uh, pharmacy he went to and see if it's all valid. But uh, again, it just it just shows you the enemies Antonio Brown creates, because now here's a yeah. chef that's owed 10 uh, $10,000. I mean, you know about the guy that uh, had the delivery truck. and yeah. that, all... That's the most believable part of this, is that he might be trying to screw somebody out of their money. Right. Because yeah, that's yeah. his history. Yeah, it is. 100%. That, that, that's the, the vaccination card. I don't know. Did he try to fake it? Did he not? I, I have no clue. But the, if you're trying to figure out, ah, that doesn't sound like him, or that does sound like him. The, the part about this guy saying, yeah, he owed me money and is not paying me, which is why I went public. That part sounds real. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it just that's that's the way he is. And uh, I guess he's not going to change. And what, what, at some point it catches up to you. And I mean, it caught up to him in a couple of different places. I mean, certainly caught up to him with the Raiders and eventually caught up to him with the Patriots. And, uh, you know, things have gone OK down in uh, I mean, much better last year than this year because, you know, he's missed how many games so far? In the last uh, month, uh, you know, with injuries and COVID-19 and all those different things. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's just all kind of crazy. Yeah, I thought that was well put by you, that you see how he just creates enemies Mm -hmm. wherever he goes, Antonio Brown does. So, yeah, some of the other uh, games, anything that you're looking forward to other than the Seahawks game, John? um, You got some okay games here, Bengals 5-4, Raiders 5-4. Um, you know, how about the uh, how about the Chiefs and Cowboys seven and two against six and four? Yeah, and that should be good. Chiefs are starting to 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 repair a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's like a, that was a great bounce back against the Raiders. You know, winning forty one to fourteen and Patrick Mahomes being almost flawless in that game. So no, I think maybe they've made maybe at least one game they've made the turn. Uh, you know, he didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't get sacked. He did a lot of real positive things. And of course, you know, Dallas. You know, they can be beat on defense. And so I think that's going to be a fascinating game. John, uh, I sent these guys a story last night on Dwayne Haskins. Did you see this thing about yeah. him? Uh, you know, the, there was a report that the the coaches were critical of of the way he was approaching this game last weekend, where he was the backup to Mason Rudolph, and in questioning his work ethic. And the coaches saying, you know, this is from a reporter mm-hmm. hearing them talk on the field. They didn't say it to the cameras, but hearing them talk on the field along the lines of, "Can you believe this guy? Look at this. That's just flat out lazy." And you know, it, that was the knock on him in Washington. Yeah, this is a. I mean. <laughs> what does it take for somebody to learn a lesson? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't get a guy like this who was a first-round pick, who had the world at, at his feet, and then just blows it in Washington because he was his work ethic was challenged and questioned, and he gets shipped out of there, and then he gets in a situation where he might get an opportunity. 
here in 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 Pittsburgh in the same criticism of there. Look at that. Yeah. Look at this guy. That's just flat lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like, uh, and you can see that's why, uh, and you would figure as a former first round pick. You know, and Mason Rudolph not being all that great, that at some point he could overtake him, but you know he hasn't come close to overtaking him. And again, you know, it's like he's repeating the same things that uh, went wrong with him with Washington. And I guess you know some guys just don't learn, or some guys just don't care. Man, I I, I don't. This is a name we won't hear in the league very long. No, I he's, agree. He, he, yeah. Maybe maybe not again after this year. Yeah, just a- amazing. Uh, John, all right, so we won't talk tomorrow, so I assume you're doing your show on Saturday. Though. Yeah, from 8 to 11, taking your phone calls. And, of course, uh, you know, we've got the Washington State football tomorrow with the 4 o'clock pregame shows. So uh, I'll miss you guys, and we'll just talk on Monday. We'll hear mm-hmm. you uh, on the game broadcast. Yes. Professor yeah. doing the game, sidelines. Game right. broadcast. You'll hear them on Saturday. And, uh, John, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, just download the podcast at 710 Sports. Dot com Coming up, it's our player spotlight, and it features Seahawks quarterback Jacob Eason. And uh, we ask him about the situation with UW. If he had the power and you could pick a coach who's available out there, who would you pick? And, by the way, what do you, what do you make of this goofball Jake Heaps? We ask him about all that stuff. <laughs> That's coming your way next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.